R&B, hip-hop status, true more or less, jazz classical type hits, that's the side effect, yeah, but in the R&B, hip-hop status, true more or less, jazz classical type hits, that's the side effect, yeah, but internationally loaned to play the best hits, independent radio spins, non-politic, filled with all types of advice, inspiration through the daily groove that bring moves, pumping straight flavor, Nicki Minaj and a Teddy Riley, so grab your champagne and vibe, meet you in the lobby, side effect support groupers, radio blast rise, from Monday to Wednesday, Thursday to Friday, 7 p.m., so keep it tuned on a fly day, the side effect way, you're the highway, Minute in they cool Wednesday. That's Jag on the airway still. The side effect way on the highway. Call 323-784-9635. We live in effect with the size. Raise your Hello world, welcome to another edition of the Side Effect Radio Show. I am Sai, your host. I know you could have been anywhere else in the world, but you chose to hang out with me, your girl, and for that, I do appreciate you. If you're on Instagram and Twitter, follow your girl at I am Cy. Also, like the Cy Effect fan page on Facebook. Uh, tonight's guest is Michael Keith of 112. Michael stopped by, and he's going to be discussing an array of topics, from Biggie Small to the future of 112, and why he became a lucid advocate. So don't go nowhere, because we'll be right back with the sexy, talented, and funny Michael Keith. Right after this melody of hits on 112. Stay locked. Good afternoon. How are you? Thank you for having me. I'm wonderful. It's a pleasure, honey. It's a pleasure. And I'm... Now, Princey, where, where did Princey come from? How did you get the nickname Princey? Um, you know what? It, it's funny because I used to wear little hand towels around my head, mm-hmm. and the dudes that was on the on the road with us used to say I was a 
I look like a sheik or a prince or something like that. So it just went through <laughs> instead. And then it just it, it just falls into its own name and then, you know, they they swear I'm royalty somewhere down the line in, in some past life in a way. So it, it kinda like uh, it was a it was a uh, fitting motif for me, if you will. <laughs> I love it. It's hilarious. Now, I'm looking, I, I see on Twitter you guys have been heavily one twelve is on the road. Does that mean that we can expect a um, 112 album? Please say yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, you gave me the Hopkins. You gave me a Hopkins choice right there, so I I, I can't say nothing but yes. But um, yes, the 112 is is currently working on another album. Um, we we do have a situation, but everything is not. You know, the ink hasn't dried on on the paperwork yet, so I can't really say to whom we've signed to yet because you know I totally don't want to jinx anything. But uh, we we definitely have a record label that is interested in signing 112. The paperwork is um, on this way. But uh, in the meantime, you know, we just didn't want to wait on those guys to, you know, send paperwork before we started working. So we just started, you know, just brainstorming and just just uh, conversing with each other, really, and just seeing where we want to go and, and who we were as people and, and, you know, what musically are we trying to say this time around because, you know, for uh, for a lot of us, man, you know, the mentality is this is a do or die situation. And as far as our marketability, um, mm-hmm. selling, you know, and, and, and maximizing as many records as we possibly can. So we want to make sure, like, now, you know, no pressure or anything like that because, of course, it's an album. You know, we've been doing it for the better part of 17 years. So we know how to put an album together, but we just wanted to make sure that this was an album that was undeniable. And um and it was just it was just something that we had fun doing and the creative process, you know, had started early as opposed to, you know, as soon as we got a um a contract, okay, now we wanted to start doing the creative process. You know, it was just those kind of things we wanted to um minimize as much as possible. So um yeah, with but to ask your question, we are working on an album and um it, it is very awesome at this point. And um it is we, we we're not trying to change anything. We're not trying to be real what the new sound is for these you know, these young people nowadays. It's, we're, we're just being one twelve and you know, that one twelve and what encompasses that sound. So be looking out for that. Oh, we definitely we your fans will definitely be on the lookout for that. Take us back. Now you been you guys have been on the grind for seventeen years in the music business. Take us back to when you were signed with Bad Boy. What was it like okay. to finally have your music played on the radio, and what was the overall feeling of seeing that everything that you've worked hard for has now been realized, your dream has been realized? It was one of the most amazing, scariest feelings that you could possibly have. You know, I I, I attribute it to you, you know, having sex for the first time. (laughs) (laughs) Just the, the weirdest most pleasant feeling thing on the on the planet Earth, man. Like you don't know what you're doing, you you don't know what to anticipate. You know, it just right. you just knows when it you just knows when it happened. It feels good. So that's kind of like what you know it was with our with our first record. You know, um, it's actually I don't know if you remember the Five Heartbeats and when they were yeah. like all sitting in the, sitting at, at the crib and then when the music came on and, and you know they were jumping up and down. Like I can remember the first time we heard Only You, which was our first single. Um, we were at the studio actually finishing up recording the first album and like the uh it was it was um a, a receptionist at the at the front door of Daddy's House Studios that we were at and she ran like as as fast as she could to the room that we were in. She was like, Yo, they're playing y'all record on hot ninety seven right now So we all ran and we heard it and we were jumping up and down. It was just it was it was a really amazing and it was a really amazing feeling because, you know, it's it's moments like that that people don't capture, and I wish that we had Twitter and all those social medias at that point where they could see just the genuine, you know, just the genuine appreciation and love that we had for, you know, the music and each other to, to where, like, you know, the simplest thing is as a record being put on the radio just being that amazing. It was it was, it was was an awesome feeling, and um, we just, we just were, were amazed and just happy about what was going on. The first single, Only You, you guys um, worked with iconic hip-hop artist Biggie Smalls. What was that like? Big is, was one of the most creative, lyrical geniuses 
and we had the pleasure of just being around and um and and, and it, you know first of all it was just such a tragedy that we lost someone so gifted and so young you know a lot of people didn't realize big was only 24 when he died and um it, it was it was just such a loss of life and you know in in so many ways you know he was a family man he was a you know he was he was a lot of things but more so than anything he was a good-hearted person you know aside from what um his his persona was in the music industry i know this dude i know this i know this dude to have been a good dude you know and um he was a kind-hearted person he was someone that you know would have given you know anything to someone i i it's been plenty of times where uh, we were on the streets and, and um, you know, he's seen somebody, a homeless person and, and they'll ask for money and he'll give them $100. And, you know, it was just that kind of thing. And, and it's just, you, you, yeah. those were the things that people didn't see. And, you know, and they, and they automatically assumed that because of his rap lyrics and things of this nature that he was just this, you know, this, this, this bully of a dude and, you know, just this cutthroat mm-hmm. dude that just, did not understand what it meant to be a family man, and that was quite the contrary from the dude that we knew. He was a he was a he was a family man. He was a lover of music and a lover of people, and uh, it was reflected upon when you seen him and you spoke to him in person, you know. And uh, with and once again, it was tragic. But for him to jump on the record, he kind of catapulted our category, which is hip hop and R and B, because a lot of R and B, a lot of R and B art acts were unable to cross over to that hip-hop side until Mary J. Blige and, like, 112 came into the fold. Like, you know, if you remember R&B acts back before 112 came onto the scene, they, they couldn't cross over to that hip-hop side where they were playing or they were singing along with up-tempo beats. You know, it's it's, it's regular, you know, it's, it's commonplace now, but back then in the 90s, you know, it was it was corny for, for an R&B group to try to sing on, over a, a, a some hip-hop records, you know what I mean? So the big was instrumental in helping us and allowing us to cross over into that threshold where it was widely accepted that 112 could sing over, you know, hip-hop beats and we could still sing R&B as well. So, you know, we, we, we kind of owed that to him, you know, in that respect as far as, uh, you know, helping us create our own niche and our own genre. But um, just, just being around big, he was just, like I said, he, he exemplified excellence and, you know, he was just a genius, and and I never seen the dude pick up a pen or nothing. You know, he was sitting and listening to yeah. everybody's stories and these stories and things. And you know, you have these rappers nowadays, you know, and they take pride in the fact that they don't write anything down, and you know, yada yada yada. You know, Big was doing that back, you know, back in the nineties and stuff, man. You know, so you know, this is this the kind of dude that's the kind of genius that he he possessed, and uh, we you know we're all the lesser for it by not him him not being here. You were part of the Bad Boy roster. You guys left Bad Boy in 2002. Why did you guys leave Bad Boy, and what is your relationship with P. Diddy right now? The reason why we left Bad Boy is because, honestly, we felt like we were unable to go to a higher level when um, by staying at Bad Boy, you know, and um, that's no disrespect to anybody or any any situation but we felt like we were fighting against the label as far as us going to the next level you know um so we when the time came for us to re-up on our contract to either sign with bad boy or to leave we felt like the best way for us to maximize 112 potentially go to that next level was to leave and go somewhere else and uh, def jam provided us with the the best opportunity at that time to uh, make those dreams and aspirations come true. So the reason why we left is because, you know, we, we really wanted to go to that next level. We wanted to go to that boys to me and Jodeci threshold where there's no question about these dudes niche in life. You know, their legacy is 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 in stone at this point. You know who boys boys to men are, you know, you know who Jodeci is. You know, as in one twelve in a lot of people's minds, still have not proven themselves. And I know that sounds crazy as I'll get out, but to this point, 112 has still not proven themselves, you know, to the masses that we are this generation's new edition. We are this generation's boys and men. We are this generation's Jodeci. And we're not looked upon as that. So we wanted to make sure that, if anything else, we were the quintessential R&B group for the late 90s, early 2000s. And, you know, we still had that point to prove, man. So, 
that's why we're going as hard as we're going, and 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 that's the reason why you know we felt like we had to leave. And um, the second question was, I'm sorry. What is your relationship with um, P Diddy now? Our relationship is cool. You know, it's it's um, we of course it was it wasn't amicable when we left. You know, it was it was some hurt feelings involved and. And rightfully so. You know, we began with, with Puff, you know, and we helped start Bad Boy with Puff. And uh, so, you know, he was kind of hurt that he was losing one of, you know, his his um, most successful acts. So, but um, he understood that, you know, we, we felt like the best thing for us to do was to, you know, separate and, and, and go to, so we could go to another level. And, um, you know, after after a while, you know, we after years had passed or whatever, we see each other again and, you know, spoke and, you know, everything was still good, but, you know, there was definitely hurt feelings involved at the time, but, you know, um, he, he's gone on to greater success, and, and um, I wish nothing but the best for him and his family and things of this nature. Uh, matter of fact, his sister was at the, um, the show that we just did in, in B.B. King's in New York, and uh, so, you know, it, and, and we were, in, I think you and myself were in Miami about a, about six months ago, and, and uh, uh, his mom invited us over to the house to, to eat, and, you know, it was... Um, you know, it's, it's just that type of environment because he understood that he it was it was no hurt feelings involved on our end. You know, we weren't trying to hurt his feelings. We weren't trying to make him feel some kind of way. We just felt like as grown men and as businessmen, the best thing for us to do was to, you know, in a different direction. And uh, eventually he understood that, you know, 112 was some good guys, man. And, and there was no no malicious intent, you know, with us leaving or anything like that. And I think over time he understood that, but it was still some hurt feelings. Like, I'd, I'd be lying if I said that, you know, there weren't hurt feelings involved and things of this nature on, on both sides. Time heals. Time heals. Time definitely heals. And uh, we're we're all the better for it. You know, we're we're, we're better businessmen. Um, we we definitely know um, what, what loyalty is and what it means to actually be loyal to the situation. And even to our detriment, 112 has been, you know, um, very loyal to, into both situations at Bad Boy and at Def Jam, and we we felt like we gave it our all, and you know, in both situations, and um, and nobody can look back and say, hey man, you know, hold their head down and say, look, we didn't give it our best, we gave it our absolute best on in both situations, and I think once people sat back and realized it, they understood that 112 was not trying to be greedy or trying to uh, do anything other than just get there, just do, and we felt like leaving was the best way to you know, to do that at that time. And uh but, you know, just for the record, we never really wanted to leave Bad Boy. We never we never really did. But the reason why we left was because of the contract that we signed was like a production deal slash contract through Bad Boy and we were unable to maximize our potential financially and otherwise with that production deal still hanging over our heads. So um, we tried to work it out. It just didn't work out, so we just, you know, decided to make a move. What advice would you give to those that are artists coming in looking for record deals with what you guys have gone through with Bad Boy and different things that you've gone through within the industry business-wise? What advice would you give to those that are seeking a record deal? What should they look out for to protect themselves? I would say that the, the most important thing for new artists to do is to have their foundation in order, meaning your your management is in order, your lawyers are in order, and your, your business managers are in order. You know, all those people are in place, and you listen to them because they are there, you know, for you, and they are there to protect your interests, you know, and they may not coincide with what the label best interest is as far as you are concerned. So if you have these people in place, I would say utilize them to the best of your ability. Um, I would also say acclimate yourself as much as you possibly can with the industry. There are so many books out. There is so much material. There are so many things on the Internet that you can, that are at your disposal that you can find and um, to help you get more acclimated to what you are um, going to be involved with and going to experience being in this music industry, you know, and a lot of that information wasn't afforded to ones who have at the time, and so we had to learn by, you know, it was, it was, you know, learn on the fly, you know, so nowadays there's no excuse whatsoever for young people to 
get into the music industry and be totally oblivious to what is going on. So I would suggest that, you know, you learn as much as you possibly can um, with, you know, the industry because there is there is so much out there that we are we are not uh, privy to. And, ha- and by the time we find out about it, it's a little too late. You've missed out on so many dollars, and you, you probably signed your publishing away, and it's not necessary. And, you know, it's just all these different things that, that could happen. It, uh, you know, with, and it could have been avoided had you had you done the proper research and had you listened to your lawyers, had you listened to your managers, had you listened to your business managers. Um, I would say the first advance that you get is that you hold on to your money. You know, don't go buy your mother a house off the first advance. You know, you can't, you, you will not be able to, you know, I, I attribute it to this. Whenever whenever I see um, some people and, and, and they ask, uh, another person for money, and then they'll come to me and like, Mike, how did you deal with it when you was coming up? You know, how did you, you know, stop people, your cousins, you know, from from way back that you haven't spoken to in 20 years, but all of a sudden now they need you. You know, like, how did you prevent them from doing that? And, you know, I will always, the analogy I give them is, if I'm hanging off a cliff and I got you by an arm, how, how in the world am I going to help you up? And I'm still hanging on this cliff as well with you. You know, so it's like, I can't, I can't do that. I got to I got to make sure that, you know, my interest and what's going on with me is secure first before I can even attempt to hurt, uh, help somebody. And the sad thing is a lot of us uh, are, are are unaware that or believe that, you know, this money is going to be it's going to last forever. This money is not going to last forever. You know, and so you you have to save as much as you possibly can. And I'm not even talking about investments or anything that's like, you know, things that make I'm just saying save money. You know, and just if, if, if you can do without that big chain, you can do without that big gold chain with the diamonds and the Rolex, and you can do without all that, man. You, you still, you know, that it, that that material should not make you. You know, it should not say, you know, I've, it, it should not say, you know, who you are. You know, mm-hmm. and um, it, it, it's it's just really sad that a lot of us are, you know, um, are ignorant to. What is really the, the the things that you need in order to be successful in this industry, and and it's a and it's very it's a very simple concept. Save your money, like it can't get any simpler than that. You know, uh, of course, yeah. you, you know it's your money. Whatever you want to, and you should you should enjoy yourself. But at the same time, let's not let's not live above our means. You know what I mean? Like if you can do without buying a million dollar home, and you can go get you a brownstone for two thirty, go do that. <laughs> you know, like let's do that. Own that house flat out, as opposed to you know buying four and five houses that you won't be able to you know pay the pay the mortgage on you know five years from now because your album didn't sell the way that you that you thought it was going to sell. And and uh, and we're not really teaching these young people that man. You know, it, it, and and of course it's entertainment, and and we're doing all this to glorify you know the the higher you know the high, the good the greater things in life, the you know high quality of life and stuff like that. And so. You know, it would be it would be hypocritical of me to say that you know you shouldn't you know, indulge in what it is that you're glorifying, but at the same time, just make sure that you understand that that that's that's the entertainment side of it. The reality side of it is you might not even make a tenth of what you're saying that you're making. So what you need to do is save that money as much as you possibly can, and when you get to your thirties and your forties, you're not worrying about you know what you need. Where your next check is coming from, or Ooh, you know whether yeah. you know what I mean. So and 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 you can go get an IRA and let that sit until you're 65, and then you know you'll you'll be straight for life. Those are those are the kind of things, and those are simple moves. Those are very simple moves. It's not, it's there's nothing that you need, you know, to have a, a business manager, you know, look over annually or anything like that. Just just put a lump sum of money away in an IRA somewhere and just leave it alone until you. You know, you're in your 60s and, and whatnot, man. It, it, those are simple things. This is something. This is not rocket science. And um, you know, it's, it's just simple things that that we need to do to prepare ourselves for that for that inevitability, which is that eventually your your record sales aren't going to be as um, prominent as as they once were, and you're going to have to um, you're going to have to save some money. I know that you've been a philanthropist for a while, and you recently partnered with the Lupus Foundation. Now, first, I want to say thank you for all that you've done to raise 
awareness regarding lupus, a disease that I suffer from, but um, 1.5 million other people suffer from as well. How did you get involved with raising awareness and um, the Lupus Foundation? Well, the reason why I got involved with lupus is, um, unfortunately, my mother suffers from lupus. And um, she um, was diagnosed about nine years ago. And like so many other people that are that are involved or that are around lupus or, you know, that has someone that's, that's, um, and that has lupus, I was unaware, you know. I was really unaware of what was going on. Like, I was like, Mom, you know, like, what's going on? Are you... Are you, what you trying to tell us? Are you checking out? Like, what's going on? You know, do we need to prepare? Like, what what on? So, because I was unaware. I was just really not sure of what was going on. And so I had to acclimate myself. I had to learn, you know, and then spoke spoke with my mother. And, you know, she sat us all down and, you know, just let us know, like, you know, it's it's not a death sentence. And that's the thing that I wanted to, you know, to, to um, help get the message out as far as that is concerned, that it's not a death sentence. You know, but we do. You do have to take care of yourself. You know, you can live a long life. You know, with lupus, it's just you, your support system. It, it it needs to be at an all time high. And the one thing that um, that I have learned over the, the years of me, you know, being associated with lupus is like most uh, warriors of lupus. Um, they say that you know they feel alone and they feel like they're doing it on their own and and. Nobody really truly understands unless you have lupus, and you know. So the, the support system has to be there, and it's, it's not enough unification as far as the the, um, the 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 programs that are out that are available. You know, with cancer, it's it's like it's one eight hundred whatever, and you know you can talk to somebody oh twenty four hour. You know, it's, it's all those different things. But then here here comes lupus you know, one of the more not widely known diseases, autoimmune diseases, and and, and there's not enough um, unification to, you know, where somebody who has lupus or who may think that they have lupus, you know, uh, they they don't have the 24-hour, you know, uh, chat rooms that they can talk with other people, you know, just just to... just to keep it moving, you know, just to just to know that you're not doing it alone, and and one that and that and once I got into the spreading awareness aspect of it, that's when I realized that there's not enough unification. So I have to do what I got to do in order to, you know, help remedy that situation. And being, you know, a musician and having a platform that I have, nothing is I have a the greatest platform you know, in order to get that word out and to spread that awareness as much as I possibly can because ultimately I want to cure. I want to cure. I want to cure for my mother. Yes. And, you know, it's just it's just as simple as that, you know. And um, so whatever we got to do, we've got to raise money. And, you know, if that's, you know, what it what it takes, then, you know, damn it, that's what I'm going to do. So um, that's and that's pretty much the, 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 the nuts and bolts of it. You know, there's not, there's there's no grand scheme or there's no, you know, ulterior motives or anything. You know, because so many celebrities, they take their celebrity and, you know, if it's, okay, whatever the sexy call is, you know, for that time or whatever, I want to jump on that and then, and then I'm done, you know. So the, that's, the, that's the thing, you know, and I'm just really not into all that. What I'm about is trying to save my mother. And it's just as simple as that, you know, and, um, and, and if I can help some other people on the way, then so be it. You know, that's what I'm going to do. But um, I've, the more people that I meet that are affected with lupus, the the more rich and the more satisfying and the more fulfilling and the more I know that this is God's work, you know, that, that, he, that he's using me as a vessel in order for me to, to get out and, and, uh, and, and get this word out. Because there are so many people, so many walks of life, so many different people, and they are just the most absolute you know, greatest people, and um, right. and 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 we and and that's the one thing that I, I have learned as well is like people with lupus, they don't want your pity, you know. Right. They don't want pity. absolutely just support. Absolutely. What advice would you give to someone who has a family member or friend who is stricken with lupus? Besides support, but what else? What else do you would you tell them that they should do? I would say education. Education is is like 
you know, the the utmost, you know, just acclimating yourself because the the thing that, you know, we were in panic mode because we just did not know what lupus was. We didn't know if it was contagious. Right. We didn't know if, you know, it was just all these different things that, that were going on in our heads. And, you know, our family is a very tight-knit family, so we were, it was, we were, it was an, it was up in arms, you know. It was just the the craziest thing for us, you know, for our mother, you know, because you, you feel like your mother is a robot or made out of stone or something, and, you know, yeah. it, and nothing will ever happen to her. And then all of a sudden she tells us that, you know, she has this autoimmune disease, and we're like, Mom, what the hell is that? You know, and, and so we started, like, you know, panicking and, and worrying and praying and all this different stuff. And, you know, once, you know, all the, the, the you know, the panic settled, and and we started like you know being rational about the situation. We started learning more. And then we we realized that you know this is something that is very manageable, and and she could you know could make it you know um, she can she can live a long you know and and, okay. and very um, fruitful life you know even with this uh, debilitating disease. So we just had to you know just educate ourselves more. And that's what I would suggest, aside from the support. And, of course, you know, donations to, you know, uh, the Lupus Foundation and, and, and things of this nature, more money, is, you know, definitely, you know, helps. I mean, of course, that goes without saying. But it just on a personal level, just the support and educating yourself and just spreading that awareness to yourself, you know, and, and to others it is, is, is very important and very paramount in order for us to find a cure because, you know, without it, you know, where you, you're going to be like how we were, you know, when it when it initially started, which was, you know, just right. just unaware of what you know what really goes on. Um, we 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 just it is of the utmost importance that we educate ourselves as much as we possibly can. You have a column in Vibe Magazine called I'm Just Saying. <laughs> Tell us about that. Tell us how, how did you get how did you hook up with Vibe Magazine and what is this column about? Okay, I started um actually the the um I'm just saying column is a um an offshoot of my first column that I had on MySpace. I don't know if you remember MySpace, but um oh, you know it, <laughs> you know so uh, we actually on the one twelve page on on MySpace there was a little section that I had, and it was actually called Ask Uncle Princey. And it was uh, it was just uh, you know just me being silly, and just you know just trying to get more people to come to our site to see pictures and things of this nature. And and I mentioned one time I said, hey, I'll even do advice. I'll even do an advice column, and I'll call it oh I don't know Ask Uncle Princey. And and from that point. You know, people were asking me, where did Colin at? Where did Ask Uncle Prince come? If not me not thinking that, you know, um, it's, it's, uh, it was, they were going to take it that seriously. But a lot of people were like, hey, I got some, you know, I, I got a question. Like, what do you think about this dude? You know, and it just turned into, like, I ne- and I never really wanted it to be an advice column for, you know, relationships and things of this nature because, you know, clearly I was not one of those ones you know, that could tell anybody about a relationship, <laughs> you know, as bad as I was at that, at that point when it came to that mess. So, um, you know, I was it, just messing around, you know, just messing around. But, you know, people was asking me questions, what do you think about well, if, my, if my dude says this and da-da-da-da-da? I'm like, uh, well, if he said that, then that's exactly what he meant, you know, and, and it just went from there and then they would give me feedback. I like your answer. Thank you so much. It really helped me. And, yeah, and 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 I'm like, you know, are they taking this seriously? Like, you know, because I'm I'm just fooling around, you know, still. And I'm like, I know they're not taking this uh, seriously. So, you know, I I did it every week, you know, and and I just kept it moving. And then um, I started to realize, you know, I started gaining a following with it, and more people were were reading my column on the MySpace page of than they were actually visiting the page for one twelve stuff. So I'm like, wait a minute, I might be catching on to something, you know. And so I wanted to create my own my own little, you know, entity within, you know, the the, the website. So uh, Ask Uncle Prince was, you know, was created. And um, it went on for about two or three years. And then, you know, I just, I, I honestly, I just got bored with it. And then, uh, um, you know, and then 112 at that point was, was fading. We were, we were, you know, going into our own, you know, sabbatical. And um, we, we just decided to, you know, just, uh, yeah, make a move. And at that point, I well, I certainly didn't want to do an advice column at that point. I, I wanted to continue doing music, and um, I just wasn't inspired to do it anymore. And then so once that, you know, once I once I stopped doing that, 
um, I stopped doing the column. And about a year ago, a friend of mine asked me, well, whatever happened to that columnist? And I was like, you know, I just don't want to do it. And, you know, I just, you know, it just wasn't the right time. And mentally I wasn't there. And, you know, it was going to take an awful lot of, you know, time outside of that. I'm still trying to figure out what I'm going to do as far as a musician is concerned and, you know, all this other stuff. And, you know, she just kept on just like, I really think that the world needs to hear this and they need to understand, you know, that you know there is something else to you other than you singing and you really need to, you know, continue doing the column. And, you know, after a while, I just kept, you know, just, just hearing her voice in my head, just yada, 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 yada. So I just, you know what, let me, <laughs> let me just, let me, let me see what I can do. Let me, let me see what I can do. So uh, I, I jumped on a couple of um, magazines and, and uh, offered up my services and, you know, free of charge, you know, of course at first because I was still trying to get my chops going. And then, um, right. and, and uh, my, I got with Melinda, you know, the beautiful Melinda Santiago, my manager. And uh, she yeah. just happened to have a connection at Vibe, and she initiated the conversation. Hey, you really need to listen to this, uh, read this guy's column, you know, that were on uh, MySpace at the time, and um, Sheen Magazine, and um, and uh, what was the other magazine that it was in? I forget what other magazine it was in. Um, but yeah, the, the two magazines that that they were in uh, initially, so they read those, and and it was like. You know that is that this is some amazing writing, and this guy really is, is is awesome, and we would like for him to come along to the to the Vibe family. And of course, you know when she said, "Hey, Vibe wants to put your columns in in the, in, in the online magazine," what are you saying? <laughs> you know, I said, "You had me at Vibe, man." You know, I was I was ready to rock and roll with it. So, um, and and the rest is history. You know, so, so Melinda, you know, initiated that whole. Um, getting it to vibe, but you know it was it was really just an awesome ride from 2007 until this point, and um, we we have nothing but just you know a good time over there. Vibe has been an absolute dream to be to work with, and um, you know I just hope that we can continue doing this and and it becomes even bigger and even better. Let's yep. get a little personal. What does Princey like to do when he's not recording in the studio, just to relax, chill, have fun. What do you like to do? Ooh, uh, because it's so often. I mean, it's so rare that I do have an opportunity to do something outside of music. Um, oh, you know yeah. what? I have this, I have this passion for fashion, man. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, I know that rhymed and I, I totally didn't mean for it to do, <laughs> but <laughs> and that's just a lyricism. But uh, I, I, I'm, I'm sort of a I'm sort of like this 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 fashionista thingy, whatever this this thing is I'm hearing on TV now. I, I love putting outfits together. I love, you know, just just you know style. And of course, I you know I, I don't have the the body for a lot of this stuff that I see. You know, with with the long torso and all this other stuff. Like that's not me. I'm five foot eight. It's it's <laughs> you know me being a model is not going to happen. But I see the vision, you know, and I, I see a lot of the things that you know TV and television, and I just make it applicable to what urban style is, you know, because we, you know, black men ain't going to wear no tight, you know, those super tight Italian cut, you know, jeans, and, but you take that, you take that look, and then you apply it to some jeans that, you know, fit you right, and, you know, because we're just different, we're just built differently, you know, we got, you know, we got, we got package, you know, down there, you know, we got things that need to breathe down there, so, <laughs> so, so, you know, you, just, but you take the, you take the concept, you take the look, you know, and then just, just make that, you know, the, the the style and and I, you know, I I love doing that. That's that's been you know my new little little thing that I do you know for the last couple of years. And um, if you notice, if you go to my Instagram page um, and it's Michael Keith one one two on Instagram. You can see a lot of the fashion um, do's and don'ts you know that I've that I've um, had over the you know the course of the year or whatever you know because I'm, I'm I guess I'm I'm my own you know uh, um, guinea pig so. Yeah, I, I just uh, put the put the outfits together, put them on, you know, put them on uh, Instagram, and you know, let people wail away at me. <laughs> All you say is that yeah, that's high. Or, no, that's not. You know, so um, yeah, I, I follow I, you on Instagram. You you got some stilo going on. I ain't gonna front. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate it, man. You know, I'm very, I'm very simple. I'm, I'm simple. I'm very simple. I like clean lines. 
I like, you know, just bold statements with your outfits, but I don't, I'm not one that does the, you know, the, the bright colors and things of this nature. I'm, I'm more of a neutral color down to the, you know, to the blacks and the, and the blues, the dark blues, you know, very, you know, rich colors and things of this nature, man. And, um, you know, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm somewhat daring, you know, but I, I really like comfortability, but I also like, you know, for my clothes to make a statement without making a statement. You know, subtlety is, is the name of the game when it comes to me. So I just, I just really like that, you know, to be a reflection, you know, of, of how I'm feeling and how my mindset is and, and things in nature. I try to make it as applicable as I can when it comes to fashion. So some is fun, a lot of more sophisticated on the more sophisticated, older, you know, um, grown and sexy kind of, you know, vibe and stuff. And, you know, I really can't describe it. It's indescribable. You know, it's just more of just, hey, what I feel like putting on. But, you know, just just know that the, the it's going to be clean lines. It's not going to be, you know, a, a Gordon Gartrell from the Cosby show back in the day. It ain't going to be nothing crazy like that. But, uh, but it's definitely going it, it, to make a statement. You know, when I walk in the room, it's definitely going to make a statement. So, and I and I love doing that. And, and you know, that's, that's like my main hobby that I do right now. Outside of that, um, I read, you know, I, I read as much as I possibly can. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, it is of the utmost importance that, you know, we maintain an, a level of education being out in this, in this industry. And because it, the, the crazy thing is, is like the music industry would love for their artists to, to just remain artists and be dumb, you know, and, and people are just, just, amazed when I tell them that, but it's, it's, it's honestly like we, we are so much more than the, the sum of our parts. And when we do speak about things that are uh, like uh, culturally what's going on and and, uh, and current events and things of this nature and being opinionated about it, you know, uh, it, it kind of turns some people off. And, you know, they're like, well, you know, we didn't ask you to be a politician, man. We want you to be a musician. Well, why the hell did you ask me about Why the hell did you ask me about all these social issues then? You know, like those are the and, – and are we – are we not part of Americana? Are we not part of the of the world? Are we not, you know, privy to having, you know, a say so in, in how the world operates and who better else to you know to uh, verbalize these these concerns that we have than someone, you know, who has a platform in order to make that happen. So that's that's my mindset. And um I just you know, without being too preachy and, and things of this nature, you know, if somebody asks me my opinion about a situation, I'll give it, but you know, um, I, I'm just, you know, someone that, that that wants to know what's going on around himself and, um, you know, in the world that we live in. And, 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 you know, that's what I do. I read and, you know, I gain knowledge. And you know, I just uh, try to spread the knowledge as much as I possibly can. And, um, but that's, you know, that's another thing that I do. I, I cook. Um, I actually, was my intent. Yeah, my intent was to to be uh, a culinary artist. You know, I, I wanted to go to you know color, you know, go go to school for culinary arts. Um, I had every intent on being. Yep, yeah, said if one twelve was not gonna work out, was gonna be Chef Prince. You know, just you know, with the little with the little Chef Boyardee hat and everything, man. I was gonna I was, I was gonna be to do. You know, because I mean, I love food. I, I can't eat food. You know, but being in this industry, you gotta be. You know. You gotta, you gotta lick lettuce leaves and stuff like that, you know, to grab the main thing. But uh, you know, but I I love food. Like my grandmother and my mother taught me how, you know. Um it was accidental actually. It was more of like them telling me to come in and stir this and put this in that and and and, and uh, you know, watch this oven and turn that chicken over. It was all those mm-hmm. lessons that I learned. And then it, you know, as I got older I was like, Man, I can cook, you know. Right. <laughs> so, you know, it was just like an, uh, an acquired skill that I got over time that I didn't even know I was learning it. And, um, you know, and it, it just became second nature to me. And, you know, like I would just prepare food for, like, you know, someone I was, you know, young lady I was dating or trying to, you know, just, just have over for dinner or whatnot. And yeah, I'd get to cooking. And, she, you know, she's like, oh, my God, you can cook. I'm like, uh, duh, you know. Right. <laughs> not knowing that that's that's not something that, you know, every, you know, men do, you know, on the regular. I mean, who, who would have thunk it? But um yeah, that's one of the things that I, I do as well and uh, you know, I also you know, I, I love jumping in front of that Xbox man and, and just and just wheeling yeah, on them aliens. <laughs> you know, I'm not a Madden man, I, you know. I really do the Madden. Not a Madden team. Not a Madden team. I can't no, no, no. I'm I'm more of a I'm more of a you know, like you know, fight the aliens and, and, and you know, all that fantasy stuff. You know, I'm I'm into all that. I'm, oh. I like stories. I like 
Yeah, I like storylines, things of that nature, you know, so. Okay, okay. Before I let you go, and I'm so enjoying mm-hmm. talking to you, but I know, you know, you guys busy over there, but can you share with everyone your most precious life lesson that you've learned so far? Uh, I think um, the the most precious and the greatest lesson that I learned was that life is not fair. And I learned this at a very young age. Um, and how I learned it was um, my mother was taking us to school one day, and I think uh, we witnessed a, um, a young woman being, uh, well, she was already dead when we saw her, but she was laying in the, in the yard. And and, uh, and we, when she was face down and, you know, and, and, and we were just, stunned and amazed that this woman was, you know, that she was a dead body in front of us and right. and we were just traumatized by it. And um, you know, we we were like, Mama, why? You know, that ain't fair and you know, all this and all that, man. And she just looked back at us and told us, like, life is not fair. You know, there's gonna be instances where you feel that, you know, it for righteousness sake it's supposed to go one way, but it, it does not always happen that way. And it, right. and it was our firm foundation that we had in God and in family that we did not blame God. We did not blame family. But we just, it was it was how life was. Like certain things in life, you know, it, there's, there's something, it, it's, it's something that's inexplainable, you know, unexplainable, but you you just have to keep on going and and I, the lesson that I got from that was just you know you have to continue to keep going you know uh, regardless there are things that have had transpired in my life that I would categorize emphatically as not being fair however that does not mean anything to that next person you know and uh, there have been times that um, 112 has 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 been on the the, the lesser side of that. Where you know we've had people that are you know family members that passed away that we missed funerals and you know babies being born and you know things that you know you would just deem unfair, but you still got to keep going. And I think that lesson um, helped me to get past all that because uh, honestly, without that lesson, I don't know how I would be able to function, you know, um, as well as I have been able to function without her. And her guidance, you know, and letting us know that hey, life is not fair, man. And and that was the one thing that we can do all this that we can we can create in our minds the greatest album that the world has ever heard in our lives. They, you know, the masses can hear it and absolutely hate the album. Life ain't fair, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's just you have to keep on going, and 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 you know, is is it is it fair that you know we got looked over? And, is it fair that people are still questioning whether or not 112 is that quintessential R&B group for this generation? Is it fair? Is it fair? Like, who's to say? You know, but what I will say is, you know, it, life, in my opinion, is, is, is not about fair. It's just life. It is. You know, and it's not it's not good nor bad or, you know, right or left or up or down. It's, it just is. And we got to live it. You know, so that that's the that's one of the greatest lessons I've learned. Share with everyone how they can get in contact with you. I know you guys are doing some tour dates. How can everyone keep up with everything that you're doing in 112? Well, everyone can um, follow me, if you will, on Twitter. And the the Twitter handle is Michael Keith, M-I-C-H-A-E-L-K-E-I-T-H, 112. It is the same name on Instagram. Um, I'm not on the other, you know, I'm on Facebook, but I'm, I'm rarely, if ever, you know, responding to that. But those are ways that you can definitely um, follow 112 for show dates and or if I have lupus um, events that are coming up that I'm, su- I'm supporting or advocating for or just anything, like you would you would get me on those uh, better. Um, the S-Firm at Twitter, uh, Melinda, Melinda Santiago on Twitter and on Instagram. Um, the official uh, 112 Twitter page is Room 112. Um, you can definitely um, shout out to my homegirl, Kate Bookman, 
that she runs that for us. And uh, she's she's such a delight and, and such a, a wonderful person. And uh, and I don't know what I would do as far as the, the social media is concerned without her. And um, and uh, yeah, so those you can you can find out you know touring dates. And of course, you can follow Q Parker. Um, 112 on Twitter. You can follow Duran Jones Music and you'll get all that information as well. So, once again, it's Michael Keith 112 on Twitter and on Instagram. You can find me. You can find dates and uh, we're just, you know, we're just doing what we can do. Michael Keith, it was a pleasure a pleasure speaking with you tonight and I do appreciate again everything that you're doing with Lupus and I wish you guys much 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 success 112 I cannot wait to get this album I'm excited I'm excited too <laughs> so thank you so much um, we're going to do our best and uh, we won't let y'all down this, this album means so much to us and I'm so glad that um, we have finally decided to you know put another album out and, and um, move forward and it's, it's nothing like progress you know progress and, and progressiveness you know to make a you know to make a man feel you know like you've worked a darn so I just wanted to thank you um, Cy again for allowing me to be on you know your show and, and it, it, is a, um, it is a blessing it's an absolute pleasure we finally get to do it you know it's been you know, a couple of times you know we had to you know, we had to we skip it is nature but I'm, I'm just glad that we had the opportunity to speak and uh, you are an absolute blessing you know for and, and I appreciate you and thank you so much Thank you all for tuning in to the Psychic Radio Show tonight. My guest, Michael Keith. I hope you guys enjoyed the interview just as much as I did. By all means, follow Michael Keith 112 at Michael Keith 112 on Twitter and Instagram to stay up on all the 112 news. And you can also follow myself at I am Psy on Twitter and Instagram and like the Psy Effect on Facebook. Until next time. Continue to spread peace, love, and good news, baby. <laughs>